And welcome to another edition of the Freedom Caucus podcast. Jody Heiss here with you, and we're deeply honored to have you on board with us today. Really, really looking forward to the program today and being able to bring this with you. As we all know, there's a lot of focus right now on pro-life movement, uh, the pro-life march that the president himself is involved with, and of course, activities going on all over the country in different cities and towns and municipalities. It's really an exciting time, and I'm honored to bring with you to the program today one of the great movers in the pro-life movement, Abby Johnson. Many of you are familiar with Abby. Some of you are not, and I'm going to actually let her share a little bit of her story with you. But first of all, Abby, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you on the Freedom Caucus podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me on. Well, listen, let's go ahead and get started. Probably most of the people listening right now are very familiar with you, uh, both just with your story, the movie. There's so much that we'll talk about. But before we get into some of that, why don't you just share a little bit of your background for perhaps some of those who may not be familiar, how you got started in the pro-life movement, where you were before all of this started unfolding in your life? Sure. So um, I actually worked for Planned Parenthood, our country's largest abortion provider, for eight years of my life. I was a clinical director there, ran uh, one of their abortion facilities, and uh, I ended up leaving in 2009 after a few things happened. One, uh, I was encouraged to double our abortion quota, a certain number of abortions that we had to sell to the women coming in, which was you know, bothersome for me. I mean, I really believed that our goal was to reduce the number of abortions. So um, I just didn't really understand why why we were doing that. And so that was problematic to me. But ultimately, I ended up leaving uh, in October of 2009 after witnessing a live ultrasound guided abortion procedure where I saw a 13-week-old baby fight and struggle for his life against the abortion instruments. And I knew then that there was life in the womb, that there was humanity in the womb, and that I was on the wrong side of this debate. And so um, I ended up leaving Planned Parenthood. And when I did, Planned Parenthood actually took me to court. Uh, They tried to get a permanent injunction of disclosure, a permanent gag order against me so I wouldn't be able to tell my story and talk about the things that I knew that were happening inside of these facilities. And uh, they lost, obviously, because I'm talking to you. And uh, But when they did that, they actually uh, sparked the media's attention. So yeah, then the question became, well, you know, the media wanted to know, well, what, what does she know that they're trying to, to get her to not say? So um, that's really when I started speaking uh, about pro-life issues and I started, you know, sharing my story. And uh, now that's, that's what I do full time. That's what I've been doing for the past 10 years. And it is absolutely a fascinating story, Abby. I've been able to hear you on numerous occasions, and never, ever do I hear you and your story without just chills going up my spine with what you've experienced and just the whole about face. When you say that uh, they Planned Parenthood came to you and they, they wanted, they really put pressure on you to double the quotas, the sales of abortions. Can you go a little bit yeah. further explaining that for our listeners to understand Planned Parenthood is an abortion provider. I mean, that is what they do. They, they try to hide behind the healthcare uh, type type deal, but they provide abortions. That is the business. And they wanted you to double the quota, double the sales. 
What Explain that a little more. Yeah, so, I mean, you're absolutely right. It is an abortion business, and, uh, you know, not a, not a charity. It's not even really a healthcare organization. I mean, they are um, – they're an abortion facility. They're an abortion business, and uh, we can even see that in their annual reports that Planned Parenthood has put out. You know, they, they claim that they're providing all these other healthcare services to women, but – uh, if we look at their reports in the past 10 years, so in the past 10 years, since I've been out of the industry, the, you know, all these cancer screenings that they talk about, past years are down by over 70%. Uh, breast health services are down by over 70%. Contraceptive services are down. Everything is down in Planned Parenthood's numbers over the past 10 years, except for government funding and abortions. Uh, see, those are the only two things that can, that have continued to increase um, over these years. And Planned Parenthood expected us as staff members to be very aggressive when it came to the sale of abortion. So if if a woman comes in and she has a, pregnant, a positive pregnancy test, then our mission is to sell her on an abortion. And we do that by instilling fear in her. The abortion industry... Uh, really focuses on fear. So a woman, you know, says, oh, well, I'm in school and I'm pregnant. And we say, oh, well, there's there's no way that you'd be able to finish school while having a baby. You know, how are you going to pay for daycare? What are you going to tell your parents? They're going to be so disappointed. It's a very strong sell that we're making to these women. And so by instilling fear and by promising them a solution for only, you know, $500, uh, these women will choose abortion almost every time. I mean, and that's what we see in the numbers. Over 98% of pregnant women receive abortion services from Planned Parenthood. Wow. Because they're not in the business of prenatal care. They're not in the business of adoption or taking care of pregnant women. When a pregnant woman walks in, over 98% of the time, she is going to have an abortion. Now, many states and different uh uh, places have actually put forth laws that uh, those who support life have to communicate with a pregnant woman that there are alternatives to life, that, that, that she can have an abortion and here's where she can go have one. Are, are there any occasions where Planned Parenthood at any facility would say to a pregnant woman something along, along the lines that you don't have to get an abortion? that there are other, are, are other options for you? I mean, that would be highly irregular, and that would violate their protocol. So I'm not saying that there's, there's not any person inside of Planned Parenthood who may say to a woman, hey, look, you know, maybe you shouldn't have an abortion. Maybe, you know, your situation seems like maybe you could do this. Um, but their protocols and their, their uh, cultural climate, their business climate is to promote abortion to every single pregnant woman who comes through their door. And because that's what their business is. And I, I think that's important for our listeners to understand. It is an abortion business. And so that's what they're... And it's amazing to me how you describe the fear that is used uh, to to plant within these women that they really only have one option, and that is an abortion. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's a convincing argument when you're talking to a woman, particularly a young woman who is feeling scared and vulnerable and alone. So some of the other videos, we've seen some horrible things, of course, 
personally serving on uh, some of the committees that have dealt with Planned Parenthood and so forth, uh, we we have heard some horrifying stories coming from and seen from Planned Parenthood, everything from selling of baby parts to uh, videos where they actually are supporting uh, sexually abusive scenarios with young young women. Uh, did you ever see any of that type of thing? Yes, actually, my affiliate was uh, an affiliate that participated in the sale of aborted baby parts. Um, it's a very lucrative proposition for the affiliates that take it on. Uh, there's only about five Planned Parenthood affiliates that actually did uh, provide that sort of, um, well, I don't know, <laughs> they weren't really providing a service, but that participated in that sort of research, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and ours was one of them, and uh, out of Houston. And so, uh, you know, I would say conservatively, we made probably about $2.4 million a year. And that's being very conservative. That's uh, about amazing. About $2.4 million a year just off the sale of aborted babies. Unbelievable. And people need to realize that that is indeed a part of the strategy for Planned Parenthood across the board. Let's transition now into a little bit of what you're doing now. Now, you came out of the heartbeat, the epicenter, if you will, of the Planned Parenthood industry, the abortion industry, and now your whole message is about life. Explain a little bit of what you are involved with now. What do you do to preserve life? So I actually... um I'm the CEO of two different pro-life nonprofit organizations. The first one that I started about seven years ago, and it is called And Then There Were None. And our goal is to get abortion clinic workers out of the abortion industry and get them onto a path of healing and into a life leading Christ. And that's the ultimate goal. Um, but we also want to utilize and leverage the information that they have from working inside of these facilities to protect the unborn. So we want to use that information to help shape public policy. Um, our workers are, you know, out there testifying on different uh, legislation. They have inside knowledge, the inner workings of the abortion industry that, quite honestly, no one else does. And so, you know, we're working very hard to try to help shape legislation um, by using our testimonies and our stories um, and because of the work that they've done, because, you know, a lot of times they leave and they know things about the industry that need to be reported to state health departments, different regulatory agencies, we've been able to successfully close down 21 abortion facilities. And we know that when abortion clinics close, babies are ultimately safe. That is phenomenal. Now, while we're talking about that, where can people go online or wherever else to learn more about? Uh, and then there were none. Yeah, they can go to abortionworker.com to find information about that. And then the second nonprofit that I run, actually, we just uh, got started about three months ago, and it's called Pro-Love Ministries. And we are an umbrella organization that is filling gaps in the pro-life movement. So we're providing services for single moms, women who need rent assistance, whatever it may be that they need. We're there to walk alongside them and to live life with them, because truly, we aren't just pro-birth. We are pro-life for all human beings. Um, and so if people want more information about Pro-Love Ministries, they can go to prolovedministries.com. 
That is awesome. All right, now let's go to, I think a lot of folks have seen absolutely powerful movie, Unplanned, and it really is your story where you've come from. How did that whole movie come about? You know, I just got a really casual email one day from these two guys that I didn't know. And they said, uh, hey, these are our names, and we do movies, and we are just wondering if you've ever thought about turning your book, Unplanned, into a major motion picture. And I sort of laughed, and I thought, okay, you know, yeah, right. And um, I, I looked at their names, and I realized that they were the two guys that directed and wrote God's Not Dead. And I thought, okay, maybe these people are actually serious. And so... Um, we started a conversation with them and really felt prompted by the Lord that this was something that we were supposed to do. You know, it wasn't about making Abby Johnson a household name. It was really about helping people understand that redemption, forgiveness, it's available for every single person. And to really show people that it's okay to change your mind, even if it's on a really important issue, even if you've been wrong for a really long time, it's okay to change your mind. What a powerful message. And, you know, I don't I don't know of anyone in America who is more equipped and prepared to bring that message forward in the powerful way that it's been done than you, Abby. I mean, it's just absolutely fascinating. Where do you see the pro-life movement in America these days? Where is it going? It seems to me everywhere I go, it seems to be building momentum. More and more people understand mm-hmm. through technology and so forth that it indeed it's a baby in the womb. It just seems like there is a great movement to support and push forward pro-life causes in virtually every state. Where do you see it? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, we're seeing strides on the federal level. Of course, President Trump has done an outstanding job um, of doing everything that, that he possibly can to protect the unborn and to dismantle the abortion industry. Um so on the federal level, I think things are, are strong. Of course, there's still more work to do, but we're we're working on it. Um, at the state level, you know, many, many states have passed some of the most stringent abortion legislation, pro-life legislation in the country, and that's really exciting. Um, you know, we've got a lot of great federal judges that have been appointed, um, and the pro-life movement in general is just strong. I mean, the, the abortion movement is weakening. You know, over the past 10 years, almost 300 abortion, almost 300 Planned Parenthood facilities have closed. Planned Parenthood is on the decline. People don't want to be associated with them anymore. Just last year, they lost over 400,000 individual donors. Um, wow. They are losing steam. And, you know, in the meantime, the pro-life movement continues to grow. We have more and more people standing on the sidewalks, uh, reaching out in love to women who are considering having abortions, who have abortion appointments. We have helped 555 abortion clinic workers leave the industry and turn to the pro-life movement. I mean, things are great. Babies are being saved um, in, in record numbers. So, I mean, the what's happening in the pro-life movement is, is really all positive. It really is. And I, I literally, and I'd be interested to, to know your opinion on this, but I literally see the day, the possibility of having Roe v. Wade overturned. I mean, from the... The movement that's happening yep. in individual states and on the federal level, the appointment of judges that we have, the the entire shift seems to be strong and getting stronger with each passing year. Would would you do you have that in your vision? Do you see that day coming? Absolutely. We are so close. I mean, we can just almost taste it. We are so close 
to seeing the end of Roe v. Wade. And I think that that is a message that really needs to be driven home. It seems like it's been so long. The battle has been so intense. Um, many, uh, many of us, and, and I have been on this for decades, decades, and you get tired. Mm-hmm. And to hear that it mm-hmm. could possibly be overturned is a breath of fresh air on the one hand, but it's almost hard to grasp for others. And I think it's yeah. important for people to hear from you and others that we really are so close. And you look at the occupant we have in the White House, President Trump, uh, how surprising he has been for so many, mm-hmm. uh, arguably mm-hmm. the most pro-life president we've ever had in this country. What a mm-hmm. remarkable job he's done on the the entire pro-life movement. Absolutely. And and absolutely a surprise to many of us. You know, many of us went in sort of skeptical, uh, not really knowing what to expect. But, wow, I am so pleasantly surprised at just how what an amazing job he has done um, to protect religious liberty, to protect the unborn, and to protect families, traditional families. Well, Abby Johnson, I just want to say thank you so much for the incredible that role that you have played, that you continue to play for the advancement of the pro-life cause. You have been a godsend. And who yourself, who would have ever imagined 11, 12 years ago, the reversal that your life would take and the impact that you've been able to have on millions and millions of people. We are so grateful. Thank God for you. Thank you for being on the front line. And today, thank you for joining us on the Freedom Caucus podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And please, no, to anybody listening to this, um, particularly if there are legislators listening, we are here to be used as a tool to help all of you, all of us who have worked in the abortion industry. So please feel free to reach out. Um, we're here standing alongside of you and, and doing everything that we can to help end abortion in our nation. Well, thank you so much. And friends, I hate to say it, but this is uh, as we've got to come to a close. Our time is running out. I want to thank Abby again for joining us. And I would encourage you, and if you enjoyed this program, if it was informative and helpful, which I know it was, I would encourage you to rate, uh, review, subscribe to this. You can do so on SoundClouds or iTunes. And you can, of course, always follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus and on Twitter, simply at Freedom Caucus. As always, thank you for joining us today. Hope the remainder of your day is fantastic. Until next time, this is Jody Heiss. Have a fantastic remainder of your day.